Say, God is good this morning. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place today. Many are referring to this as Christmas Sunday, the, the Sunday that's just before Christmas, and it's such a special time today. And we thank you for being here with us this morning. Remember that tonight at 6 o'clock is a very, very special evening. We would love to have you here with us, worshiping with us uh, tonight. It's, gonna, it's not just going to be carols, and it's not going to be just be worship, but it's going to be a great mix of both. And we're just kicking off our Christmas week, and we're going to have a special candlelight time and just a special word for us. And it's just, just going to be an hour, so if you want to plan something after that, it's not going to take all of your time. Doors will open at 530. Uh, we've got a lot of guests coming in from the community, so it's just going to be a special time. And I would really encourage you to do everything that you can to get your family here. We will have child care from birth through uh, pre-K. Uh, but if you have kids, they will want to be in here, okay? It's just going to be a special day. I can't give it away, but they really want to be in here, okay? So it's going to be a special evening from the beginning to the end. I've been telling people, don't get here late and don't leave early. We've got some special guests coming in, and we got a guest violinist that's coming in to uh, worship with us. we got uh, Savannah Crow from Redemption to the Nation's Church. She's coming to help us lead some of our carols and worship. So we really want you to be here with us just to kick off this uh, Christmas week as a family here and as our community. And we, uh, the doors are open at 5.30, so be sure that you are here for that. If it's your first time with us this morning, or maybe you've been here a while and you've never filled out a Connect card, if you will just take a moment, some of the baskets in front of you under the chairs, if you will just take a, mo a moment to fill out a card like this, fill out the back of it, and right after church, we'd love to meet you in our foyer and give you a special gift, a special gift for worshiping with us today. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you would open up to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, be reading the Christmas story again this morning. If you'd like to sow into the ministry, the vision of this house to help us do the work of the Lord and doing outreach, we've been helping families this Christmas season and we'll be doing the Merry, uh, the Merry Christmas. We'll be letting some young ladies know, young mothers know that we're going to be blessing them this week. So it's going to be it's a special time and we thank you for your faithfulness and your tithes and your offering. And if you would like to give into the mission, the vision of this house, you can use one of those envelopes that is uh, in the basket or you can give online at LegacyChurchRome.org. Luke chapter 2 this morning. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David, And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their 
their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you, and you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and when and and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them but Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told on the eighth day when it was time to circumcise the child he was named Jesus the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. And Isaiah 9 and 6 says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Can we pray this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your presence that has been felt in this place already, God. Lord, it is our hope, it is our prayer this Christmas that we make room for you, oh God. We make room for you in our homes, in our lives, on our job, in our mind, on our calendar today, oh God. We just want to take some time to get back to the purpose and the real reason of this Christmas season today, God. So I pray, Lord, that as we continue this series of making room, God. May this word fall on souls who is ready to receive. May our hearts be open. May our ears be attentive to this word today. And you get all honor and all glory and praise. And everyone said amen this morning. Amen and amen. As we talked about, start talking about last week, as we kicked off this series and began to talk about the importance of recognizing purpose over perspective. Perspective is simply opinion. Perspective is about Christmas is what you think Christmas should look like or what you think it should be like or how many gifts you think you should receive or how many gifts you should uh, give or what, what does your perspective on what what your family will be doing this Christmas. Christmas is really based on so many perspectives, but so many times we get caught up in those perspectives that we lose the purpose of Christmas. Has everyone, has anyone ever been there where you've been so caught up with the hustle and the bustle? But while heaven thought this first Christmas story of the barn was the perfect place for the Savior of the world to be born, the world just really felt 
that it was somewhat of a letdown for they had heard about this for centuries that a king was going to be born. But, and while the earth was looking for what they thought it would look like if a king were really born, so many began to really miss the purpose of it all. And when you focus on the purpose of Christmas, that's when you really start to see the promise of Christmas. Can we say amen this morning? When you focus on the purpose you really start to see his promises. And the word says that for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son has been given because he bore his son to you. Can you open this up for me? Thank you. Because <clears throat> he bore his son to you so that he could have you. Can you take the top off for me? Thank you. <laughs> I only got one good hand today. And it wasn't just any child, but he gave you a son that you could experience the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. Amen. That's the power of the Savior that was born in such a lowly manger. And with all the recent hype, I know this applies to nobody in this room. But with all the recent hype and the excitement over Disney Plus and all the kids this time of year that are dreaming about toys, it is so important to note that this real life story of a real king, uh, it does not start out like a lot of stories that we view on Disney Plus or in modern culture. This story of a real life king does not start with once upon a time. If you, if you, if you read the scripture, there's no once upon a time. It was not, uh, it, it was by far not a fairy tale. It was not a make-believe story, but it was a will-make-you-believe-in-God moment. Could somebody say amen? It was not a make-believe story, but it was a will-make-you-believe-in-God moment. Because this story starts with, it came to pass. See, once upon a time prepares your mind to use your imagination. But it came to pass is truth. It is accurate. There is proof. It came to pass is preparing you for the factual evidence that is about to be displayed. So now that we understand that this story is not a fairy tale, it is not one written for the joys of entertainment, but it was one produced by the maker of the heavens and earth. This story was orchestrated by the one who spoke things into being. Amen. This story, it was... It was authored by the one that opened up the womb of the 90-year-old Sarah so she could birth a nation. It was constructed by the one that shut the mouths of lions. It was This story was put into action by the one that parted the Red Sea. Amen. It was directed by the one that commanded the well to release Jonah. It was arranged by the one that rained down manna from heaven. And all of this is just in the Old Testament. So now that we have established that this story, it is real and it is true and unto us a child has been born, I would sure, sure would hate to be like the innkeeper and not make room for such a miracle as this. Huh. 
I sure would hate for the church to be filled with events, but yet not have time to make room for the miracle. I sure would hate for the nation to be filled with perspectives and political agendas and religion and tradition and miss the miracle such as Emmanuel, God is with us because for years as generations they have tried to keep they have tried to keep Christ in the center of all but all throughout those generations there have been generations that have tried to eliminate room for Emmanuel and just as the times of this true story modern culture has said there's no room and culture continues to try to move him out of rooms to try to squeeze him out of rooms the very rooms that he needs to be in let's go through history because in 1963 the courts decided he can no longer be in the classrooms so they tried to squeeze him out not only has he been tried to squeeze out of the classrooms but Emmanuel God with us starting in the 90s they started squeezing him out of the court rooms as they removed the Ten Commandments he he's also out of the work room because you can't talk about him out of your workplace he's out of the newsroom because that's just not good for ratings and just as we cannot believe that the innkeeper would not make Jesus this newborn king room how often are we like the innkeeper and we adapt to the culture of a nation rather than to the culture of the kingdom mm. how often do we adapt to the culture of a nation rather than to the culture of of of, of the kingdom Let's just make him room. Can somebody say make room this morning? Because while there was no room for him in the end, see, there were also other issues that were going on in this story that was lying under that was lying underneath that even today's culture can relate to. There was an issue that was interrupting the celebration of the newborn king. The issue was what we call familiarity. Or tradition familiarity becoming so familiar that it's really just not that special see when Herod heard he was approached with the news that there was this new king in town that was just being born so he called in his team, the scripture says. He calls in his team and, and really begins to get the facts from them. He was calling in his, his head people, the smart people, his theologians, those who had studied and heard these prophecies. He called those who had been dissecting this for years. And they answered him, while, while yes, there is a baby being born. His name shall be called Jesus. He's being born in Bethlehem. They they knew the story. Mm. They knew that a baby was coming. They had been waiting for years and for years. They had great knowledge of his birth. They had great knowledge of this narrative. But when it came to pass, hmm, they had so much knowledge about it that they were so familiar with the narrative, but they didn't even care enough to go check it out for themselves. Where were they at in the manger scene? I don't know. They had heard about it. 
but they didn't go the distance to actually see it. They wouldn't go the distance for what they had actually heard. See, do you know the distance between Bethlehem and Jerusalem where they were and where the baby was born? Guess how far it is? Five miles. Hmm. And they couldn't make room to go five miles to see something that they had been dissecting for years. They would not go five miles to check it out because they had become so familiar with the story that when it happened, they were just so not, they were not impressed. The thing that they had been waiting on wasn't worth five miles. Oh God, may, may you be worth five miles for us because the church has been waiting years for your return. God, may the church go at least five miles for you. Five miles. They wouldn't even go five miles. The thing that they had been debating about wasn't worth the distance. And now today, we are finding ourselves like great scholars because we have heard the story for years. We have acted out the plays as even when we were children in children's church. And now the manger has just become a declaration. Now the virgin birth has lost its miraculous power. And now like the Bible scholars, we see sit around and debate, or in modern terms, we post about religious views and political views, but we are not willing to go the distance to defend our beliefs. Oh. This Christmas, God is calling the church to stop being so familiar with the story that we no longer weep over this miracle. Huh. God is calling the church to stop being so wrapped up with the traditions and the familiarity of Christmas that we no longer stand astounded that this prophecy has actually been fulfilled. God is calling the church to see that there are traditions that are great, but when they start to diminish the miracle of it all, when they start to diminish the purpose of Christmas, that's when it's time to start making some room in tradition. See, they had been waiting for centuries to see the Messiah, to witness Emmanuel. But as every year passed, listen, whew, but as every year passed, as they were just waiting, they added one more tradition. Then they would add another tradition. Then they would add another festival. And they were just waiting and waiting. And all of a sudden, with each tradition that they added, the familiarity grew. The, but the anticipation weakened. Does it sound like a nation? Does it sound like the church? Because we've heard about it and we saw the kids, they were dressed up. Weren't they so cute? One was a little donkey, one was a sheep and their hair was falling off and they were just singing. It was all so cute, but we become so familiar with the story that we no longer think that it's special. That we just keep adding tradition. Every year we buy a new ornament. Every year the tree gets a little bigger, but the purpose of everything starts to diminish. It sounds so familiar. See, there are more traditions now than ever, and they're not all bad. I'm not saying that because we have Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman, Elf on a Shelf, Reindeer Food, and these things are all fun and great. But now people want to celebrate the holiday without celebrating the one that said, let there be light and created day. And while, and when, as 
we do all of these traditions, so many people forget the real reason of it all. And the real reason of it all, not the tradition, but the purpose is that I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. How could something that's been born in a manger cause you to have life so much more abundantly? The real reason is that the word needed to become flesh so that it could dwell among us. That's powerful. God sent his son, which was the word, to become flesh. So Jesus was walking around. He was the walking word. Isn't that special? The word was walking on earth. It was setting a precedence. He came so that the word could have flesh. And it's all great. But when the traditions and the familiarity starts to diminish the miracle, you need to start making room. Because see, you can fulfill all the traditions. You can be the best gift giver. You could be that favorite aunt that everybody wants you to draw their name, you know, and or you could be the one that the aunt you did not want her to draw your name. We all have that relative because it was always the horrible gift. It was always the dollar store thing that she made out that she got somewhere else. You know who I'm talking about in your life. All of these things. See, you could be the best gift giver. You could have the fanciest Christmas dinner. You can have the tallest Christmas tree. You can even have the brightest lights on the block, but yet still be in the dark. Mm. You can have the brightest lights on your block, but still be in the dark of it all. But oh, when you remember that for unto us a child is born, when you remember unto us there has a son has been given and that the government will rest upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. When you decide that you're going to stop debating and start going the distance for him. That's when you make room for him. Oh God, do not let us be a people that worships tradition more than you. Oh God, do not let us be a people that just talks about it, but will not go the distance to actually encounter it. See, while there was no room in the innkeeper, and while the religious were caught up in tradition, there was someone else that was having a major issue in the middle of the Christmas story. And as mentioned before, King Herod, he had summoned the religious to give insight. But not only did the religious have issues, King Herod had issues too. If you've ever read about this King Herod, you will find that he was a very disturbed man. Very disturbed. King Herod, the king of Israel, had come in and pretty much taken over. He had come in and pretty much just anointed himself as the king. He wasn't liked by the Jews. And because of this, and because of his mental state, he was a very paranoid man. He lived in fear. 
He was so afraid of anything that would threaten his own plans or his own kingdom. He was always looking over his shoulder. He never really trusted anyone. He was afraid to get close to people. And all of a sudden, the news comes that a new king is in town. So he is extra fearful. He is extra paranoid. And all of a sudden, anyone that would get close to him would not remain close for too long because his fear would cause him to do crazy things to those that grew close to him. Get this. He was so fearful and so messed up in his mind. He had his wife killed because he thought she was going to overthrow him. He had his sons killed because he was afraid they were going to take his seat. And when he heard about this king that was being born out of fear, he sent out a decree that every child under the age of two must be killed. Now, we don't have this kind of fear for ourselves during this Christmas, but how many, but many do have the fear of, what if I open up my heart to Jesus? What will happen if I do get saved? What will happen if I do make room? I will have to stop all of my fun shenanigans. What's going to happen with my social life if I make room for Jesus? What will, what will it look like to others if I make room for the purpose of Christ? And the devil will get you afraid and fearful. Some are afraid to even say Merry Christmas because they are fearful that it's really not politically correct anymore. But this Christmas, make room for Jesus in the middle of your fear. Do not be afraid to lose tradition to pick up purpose. Do not be afraid but remind people to remind people of the real meaning of Christmas. Do not be afraid of what this Christmas will hold but instead make room for Jesus. Make room for the purpose because when you get to the purpose that's when you see the miracle of it all. The miracle of it all. See when you start reminding yourself of the purpose fear must bow to purpose. Fears must cease before a miracle. And when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, the mother of the purpose, what did he say? Fear not, because he knew that fear could totally mess up the Christmas story. He knew that fear would make her lose lose focus of the purpose that she was carrying in her stomach. Guess what? The devil wants you to fear. Why? So you lose focus of the purpose that he's put inside of you. He wants you to fear. He wants you to be overwhelmed. He wants you to lose focus. So this Christmas, God is looking for a people to make room. He's looking for a people that will step into a place and begin to make room. He's looking for somebody to make room. He's looking for somebody to get to the purpose. He's looking for someone to make room in your life in the middle of your celebration. He's looking for someone to make room among tradition. He's looking for someone to make room among your discussions. 
He's looking for someone to make room among your fears. He's looking for someone because the word says, because unto you, child has been born. All you got to do is just make some room. Will you stand with me this, this morning? God is looking for a people. He's looking for a home. He's looking for a, a boss. He's looking for someone just to prepare him room. He's looking. It is by no coincidence. I'm not going political on you. It's no coincidence that our nation has gone through what our nation has in this season. At one of the greatest, holi uh, greatest holidays, one of the greatest days in history, it is by no coincidence, I don't care who you're for, it is by no coincidence. Why? Because everybody's mind. Everybody's mind. It's far, far away. Everybody's fearful what is happening. But if you would just make him room. I was watching the debate, whatever you want to call the nonsense, the rhetoric from both sides that night and went to bed disturbed but in the middle of the night I woke up and I just began to pray for a nation I don't care which side you are on of the fence you better be praying for your nation this Christmas because this nation needs what was in that manger it needs what was in that manger. Every Republican needs what was in that manger. Every Democrat needs what was in that manger. Every non-party member, you need what is in that manger. And it is not by coincidence that all this happened to overshadow such a moment as this. And while everyone else was looking that day that he was born they wanted to see a castle they wanted to see the chariots they wanted to see all the fine things they just knew there was going to be gold they just knew all these things they just knew there was going to be a decked out nursery and everybody was looking for those things except the people that came and looked to the lowest place the people that got down and knelt from the chaos went to the most unlikely place a barn a trough, a manger, and they got down there and they just began to worship because they had seen the purpose. And when they got down for the purpose, that's when they saw the miracle of a baby that was born unto them to redeem the world. Do you just bow your head with me today and close your eyes just for a moment?
today, Christmas Sunday, God, we just pause and just thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you, oh God. That in the middle of everything, God, we just want to make room. In the middle, in the middle of this political mess, God, let America make room for you. Let us get back to the manger. Let us get back to the simple thing, just a lowly manger, oh God. God, let us get back to it, Lord. Lord, let us make room for you, God. We don't want to be like the innkeeper, oh God. God, we don't want to be like the religious folk, God, who wouldn't, who had studied about it for years, who had dissected scripture for years, God. God, but let us not be like them, Lord. They wouldn't even go five miles to meet you. They wouldn't go the distance. In other words, they were all talk, but no walk. They they had, they had no actions behind them, oh God. God, do not let us be like the religious people, so full of familiarity that we miss the manger, so full of tradition that we miss the purpose, oh God. And do not let us be like Herod, fearful, afraid, that while we walk around in fear of being politically correct, while we walk around in fear of, 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 what, of what we think Christmas is, of what, of what other people's opinion of us may be, God, let us not walk in that, God, but in the middle of not having room, in the middle of religious debate, in the middle of fear, oh God, let this nation make room for you this Christmas, oh God. I have decided I'm making room I'm making room here in my heart, oh Lord I'm making room I'm making room come and dwell in me Jesus bowed and your eyes are closed this morning I want to give you a chance to respond to this word today if you're in this place and you say I need Jesus Christ as my Savior I've had some stuff going on in my life and I just need to make room for him today I just want to make room for him today I, I need a new start I need a fresh start when Jesus was born, the new calendar rode over to B.C. to A.D. It's, it's a fresh start. He, he can restart your time. It is like he can give you a new time. For, he can put you in a new time zone. He can put you in a new era of your life. He can remove you from the old and put you into something new today. It don't matter how low you've been. He was in the lowest manger. He's no stranger to where you've been today. But if you're in this place, as everyone's eyes are closed today, if you're in this place and you say, I need Jesus Christ as my Savior, would you just raise up a hand in this place today? I need Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Yes.
I see you. I see you. If your hand is raised, we want to pray with you. Would you just would you just step out right now? We want to we want to pray with you right now. Come on, just step on out. It's okay. Don't let fear control you today. We're going to pray with you today. We want to come on, step on out. It's okay. Come on. We're making room for you. If you should have stepped out, come on, just step on out today. Come on. Yes, Lord. this place this morning and you say you know what I just want to make room for him today I just want to make room whether it's on my calendar whether it's in my social life whether it's in my house or my marriage whether it's on my job I just want to make room for him today if that's you would you just would you just raise up a hand and say I need to make some room I know there's a lot of us we just need to make some room on our calendar we need to make some room in our house today come on this is what I want you to do today I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but if you would, would you just look at your neighbor and say, would you like me to walk to the altar with you? Come on, just just, just ask your neighbor. And if that's it, if that's him, come on, just step out. If you raised your hand, are you ready to move? Come on, come on. If you raised your hand or you want somebody to walk with you, come on, we're moving, come on. Come on, step out. Come on, come on. I'm 